Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, I'm Ethan Suplee. Welcome to American Glut. Outside of acting, my two favorite things to do are diet and eat. I have a very complicated relationship with food, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about all of it. Food as entertainment, food as sport, food as fuel. I'll talk to experts and the average person just like you and me. I hate to ask you to do anything, but if you're enjoying the show, please take a moment to like, subscribe, rate, review, all of the above on whatever app you're getting it from. On today's episode, I'm talking to Stephen Myers Dominguez, also known lovingly as Toasty Cakes. The man, the myth, the legend. He's a photographer and Los Angeles icon. You can find him on Instagram at Toasty Cakes. Toasty Cakes, welcome to the American Glutton Podcast. How you doing, brother? I love you. I'm good. I love you too. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, I have no idea what we're going to talk about, but I think that... um... It's going to be interesting no matter what. Let's get into it. Let's just fucking dive into it. Let's do um, it. A couple weeks ago, you made a post on Instagram. And it was a joke. And then I started texting you and you said you'd gotten a lot of texts from other people. And I want. I, let's just get into that. Let's, let's, let's dive in there. Okay. Let's, let's dive right in. What are your feelings? Why'd you make the joke? What was the joke? The joke was kind of a booby trap for people. You caught them, but then it was like hurtful. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, as a, as a big guy, you know, sometimes you like to do a little self-harm. Sometimes we do it with food. Sometimes we do it with words. And uh, in this case, I did something pretty shitty, man. I I used my friends to make myself feel bad. And it's one of those things like I was a little too smart for my own good. So um, I took a picture of a box of Ozempic because it's LA and literally everybody in Los Angeles is on Ozempic. Um, I think you know that. I think you know everyone in the businesses. And so I posted, I took a picture, I posted on my close friends 
And I got all kinds of friends here. You know, I got people in real estate, people in the business, people in fashion. And I said, um, yo guys, so what should I do here? Should I better living through chemistry or should I do the old fashioned way? Little poll, you know? And, you know, about 150 people, all my close friends, 100% of them, every single one of them voted better living through chemistry. They, they, 100% of my friends said, do this thing. And the trap I set for them was I just asked 150 of my closest, deepest friends in the world to tell me that they didn't like me the way that I am and that they wanted me to be different. And to a person, 150 of those people, 100% would say, no, dude, we love you. We're concerned about you. We just want you to be happy. We just want you to be healthy, which is like, again, like fucking that concern thing. That shit's like everyone listening to this probably has some experience with that where you're like, I don't want your fucking concern. I don't want your help. I'm not your victim. Um, I know why they did it. I knew they were going to answer the way they did but I set a trap for him anyways. And um, then I had to deal with the consequences of that. And the two parts of that are one, trying to understand why I'm so against this thing, right? Because, you know, here I am. I, I could probably use it. I've, I've had a lifelong struggle with this thing and I need something to change. Um, the other is why did they say it? Well, some of them are concerned, of course. Some of them love me. Some of them want me to be different, better, happy, healthy. They want me to go skydiving with them. I don't know. But I also know that a lot of them are probably trying to absolve themselves of their own sin, man, because every single person in real estate told me their whole office is on it. Because if you're selling $10 million houses in LA, you better look good. And every single person in fashion on both sides, if you're a stylist, if you're a hair and makeup, if you're a photographer, all these people say, we've got to look good too, which that's no surprise to me. I've been in this business for a minute. Everyone into the industry is like, hey, man, you know, that gives you diarrhea. And so, like, we're on the red carpet trying to, like, scoot past just in case. And, I'm, you know, I'm laughing, but um, it's a lot of people telling me that, that they're going with that. And then me trying to understand what that means to me because I won't. Yeah. I had, <clears throat> I had this, I, I had these exact, I don't think I ever, I, I mean, I definitely laid traps for people. The social media didn't really exist right. for me 20 years ago. It was non-existent, so I couldn't do it that. But I could do it like in a setting. Um, and I know the, the masochistic urge to want to have your feelings hurt um, or to be expecting that or to say something with that. Like I completely get that. Um but my mind just goes to like, when I think back, I wanted people to accept me for who I was, but there was, but, but I was not accepting myself no. for who I was. There was no, like, if I think like today, I still have issues with myself all the time, every day. And the first person I try to communicate with that about is myself and going like, stop doing that you know like self-love self-love is real but that's my question to you like you have said in in what you just said like you want change sure and you know again did i set a trap for them or did i set a trap for myself because i was telling myself something i needed to hear i was telling myself you know 
it was like I called the intervention on myself and I sat everyone I know around in a circle and trapped myself in that room to say, dude, (laughs) when are you going to fucking fix this problem, dude? Like how many decades are going to go by? Because as you, you know, you, you found your way around it. But I was thinking about this earlier today. I was thinking about what we're going to talk about, what we're going to get into. And I was like, you know, do we do the whole history thing? And I remember being in middle school and being big and saying, man, this summer, I'm going to fix this. This is a summer. I'm going to go. I'm going to come back. I'm going to go to eighth grade. I'm going to be skinny. And then, you know, between eighth grade and high school, well, new class, new high school, I'm going to be skinny. One, two, three, four years. Okay, man, going off to college. Time to change. And, you know, I couldn't do it back then and I haven't done it yet. And so what's the holdup? And I talked to, um, you know, one of my friends who responded to it was pretty mad about it. a guy you and I know, Mike. And he's, you know, we, I love Mike. Mike is a problem solver and Mike, you know, knows his way around steps. And so he's just like, let's get this fucking thing done. He's like, you know, your life is going to change when you hit your bottom. So I guess hurry up and hit your fucking bottom, dude. And I keep asking myself, what's the bottom? Like where, where does this end for me? When do I finally decide that my life has to be different? And you know, that's, that's the bigger question. So yeah, it doesn't matter how many people in the world love me because if I don't love myself, then how could I possibly believe that they do? Yeah. I, I think that's like the, that's, that's one of the keys. And the the other thing that I think about is like, what, what are like, when you think about change, because I, I used to have, I used to wake up and have that panicked thing of like, I'm, that's it, I'm doing it. And, and that would be it. It would be like, just that thought is enough and that's going to carry me. And, and, you know, almost like when you think about social justice warriors who I find, even if they're fighting for a cause that I empathize with, I find them to be nauseating a lot of the time because just a chant is like the, the extent of the work they're going to do. And it's like, well, if, if you have this broken system, just screaming that people need to change, that's not actually proactively doing anything, telling me I need to change in a way that, so you feel better. But I think that that idea of change is a similar thing because we can go, I decided to change and that's it. That, that is enough for me, but it, it, it isn't really enough. And, and I, and I wonder if when you think about all the reasons that are underlying that, are they your reasons? Are they reasons like, you know, for a girl, for, for more acceptance, for acceptance in fashion? Like, you know what I mean? Like this fucking guy who's doing Ozempic so he can sell a $10 million house, I would be willing to bet he probably needed to lose five pounds. Like that's not, if, right. that's not right. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about uh, what you and I have experienced started when we were little kids and, and was painful almost daily for There's, my whole when, life. When you're our size, I mean, that's the thing is, you know, like I, I started listening to the Wilfred L episode before this and, and I was like, I'm going to cut it off because I don't want to, you know, be any different. But, uh, there's a, you know, with all respect to everyone and how they feel, there's a difference between feeling fat and being fat. You know, like I have people all day long and I, and I work in fashion, I work in photography and in the business and like, oh my God, I feel fat too. It's like, babe, you're 106 pounds. Like I don't fit on a fucking airplane. So like, I'm not, you know, saying get off my levels, but I am saying 
there's a difference between you feeling like you could lose a couple pounds and me every minute of every day. This is something you know, something you know your listeners know. When you wake up, you are reminded. The first thought out of your mind is, I probably wasn't breathing well when I was sleeping because I'm fat. And then you get up and it hurts because you're fat. And you go and you look for a chair and you have to look for the right chair because you're fat. And you're going to go to a restaurant and you have to say, I wonder if those patio chairs fit, you know? And you, you have a friend who has a fucking Mazda Miata and you're like, well, I guess I'm driving. Like that's for <laughs> real. You know, it's funny, but it's for real. And so when every minute of every hour of every day is this thing, then those, you know, those platitudes, like everything everyone wants to say to you, oh man, you know, just flip the script and you can do it. Mind over matter. It's like, well, mind over matter. Sure. But like, we need infrastructure. So like the thing that, uh, you know, you have a lifelong plan and what I need to get to is a lifelong plan, but you need to build scaffolding. You need to build infrastructure around it because if you're changing your habits because of something in your life, because something new came along, because you've got something to do, that's great for like, again, the average person. If you need to lose five, 10 pounds, that's great. But like, like the, where you used to be and where I am, and this is something that I try to tell people and of course, they, they can't understand and I don't blame them for not understanding because they don't know this lived experience. But like I was talking to a friend yesterday. I was like, I can lose a hundred pounds and you'll barely notice. Oh, no, 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 no. Of course. I'm, I'm like, no, because I have lost a hundred pounds and you barely noticed. Like I can lose 200 pounds and I'm still going to be fat. So that's one of those things where it's like, oh man, like I can run a marathon, but like run 10 marathons now run 50 marathons. And then after 50 marathons, maybe you'll be rewarded. And so like all of that reward, that short-term reward that so many people can see and feel, oh man, the suit fits better. Or like, I finally got into my bikini for the summer or whatever, you know, like those things don't really apply to us. And so you have to be so dedicated to it. And, and the other thing that like, I think you're really good at, and I'm really good at is this white knuckle thing where it's like, bro, I am the most stubborn person in the fucking world. I know you are too. And I, you've done every diet. I haven't really, you know, done all of them, but I will say, oh man, I'll go do this. And for three months, I'll do something. I lost 93 pounds in three months once and it was rad. And then COVID hit and here we are, you know, like I can do the short-term thing, but recreating a life that is counter to everything you've ever lived is the you know, the thing that we have to do. And again, it just goes back to like every decision you make. Did you go to sleep at the right time last night? Do you have meal plans for tomorrow? What happens in 10 weeks? What happens when that girl you're in love with breaks your heart and you stop doing it for her? What happens when you lose your job and you're depressed? Without like plans for all those things, none of it works. And by the way, even with plans for all of those things, right the plans are going to go out the window when real life slaps you in the face. You know, that's, that's going to happen. The plans you're going to have a plan and then the plan is not going to be realistic and you're going to have to come up with a new plan and then that's going to fail. And yeah, no, no, I completely agree with you. I, I think that what you're saying is a hundred percent accurate. Um, I also think that um, looked at like standing at the bottom of the mountain going like, I have to get to the top of Mount Everest like why even fucking bother? Like it's too much. Yeah, and you, half you'll the people lose 30 up there are pounds dying. and you're like, dude, I yeah. just lost 30 pounds. Oh, fuck it, dude. Whatever. Yeah. And no, yeah, it's, it's a it's, lot. It's devastating. Um, 
yeah, there, there's so much there, Stephen. Where, like, oh man, fuck. If is there any part of it where you want to just start small and not make some giant radical change and not think about the rest of your life? You know, like, I, I, even thinking about. Uh, rehab, right? Like there's versions of addiction where if you just stop everything cold Turkey, you die. Um, and I, and you have to do like a medical detox, right? If you're, if you're taking enough of the right kind of pills or you're like a real alcoholic where you're, you're drinking nonstop every day, if you just stop, you can have seizures and go into cardiac arrest. And there, there is a version of like, we have to get ourselves to a place where we can even start thinking about it because even the way you're framing it, I can't think about it that day, but no, it's true. I built a fucking structure around my life that insulates me from every fucking distraction that would otherwise have me eating my way into comfort. And, and when you talk about recreating your life, there's this other part where the, the only part of you Right. Because there is a part of you that hates yourself. That's mean to yourself. The whole part. Trust me. But the the part of you that is safe and protects you is the same part. Right. And it's that's the part you got to get rid of. Like the one thing that's going to empathize with you and go like, we know how to give you comfort. That's kind of the part you have to kill, which is fucking scary. I mean, yeah, there's so many, so many things on that. Like the first is that like the small things, you know, because we both have a lot of friends in the program and recovery and they, I'm not going to say they have it easy, but like, you just don't do this. You, you know, you (laughs) don't do this. I can't not eat. So you have to do a different plan. You have to work your life around it because socially it's probably unacceptable to like sit down at a restaurant at 3 PM and like start gagging lines. But you are expected to go out to dinner. You are expected to be with friends, be social, and, and you have to eat by yourself either way. But the bigger problem is that hurry up and wait thing where it's like, it's like instead of just like, hey, man, we got to walk to Egypt. Let's fucking start walking to Egypt. But right now, instead, we're sitting in the Home Depot parking lot trying to figure out, well, what's the best way? Maybe we should take an airplane. Maybe we should get a car. Maybe we should. And it's like, no, dude, the only fucking way is to put your shoes on and start walking your ass west. And that's hard when you're this size again, because it's like, well, I didn't do it in sixth grade and I didn't do it in eighth grade and I didn't do it and I didn't. And so it's like, well, I got 15, 20 plus years of not doing it. So what's my fucking rush today? Because if I don't start today, then tomorrow I'm going to be talking about today. And that's the problem. But then, you know, that insulating thing you're talking about, of course, like Every, you know, there's kind of a Buddhist thing. Every single person in this world has 73 problems. You've got 73 problems, your wife, your kid, my best friend, you know, my cat, they all got 73 problems, but I have one problem. My one, this is my one problem. So if you say, Hey man, uh, you know, how's your job going? How's your love life? How's your this? How's your car? How's your fine? None of that matters because I can focus on one problem and there's, it's, we are very intimate. Me and this fucking problem, we we know each other, you know what I'm saying? And it's, you know, people always talk about pushing people away. And like, I've been having a lot of conversations recently about like, toasty, toasty, you're pushing me away. Why do you push me away? It's like, this is a physical manifestation of me saying, this says, get the fuck out. You know, (laughs) this says not welcome. That's a line from a movie. Yeah. 
that you know. Um, (laughs) So it's, you know, it's a lot, man. And, and you do have to put carrots out in front of you and you do have to like jump from thing to thing. And like, you do have to decide that when the shit hits the fan, when things go sideways, my plan is going to succeed through the battle as opposed to my plan is going to succeed in the war room, you know? So yes, I totally know. And then that brings us almost full circle to the new miracle drug where all of that stuff. Listen, I'm not like a super advocate for this thing. I'm not like, you know, like I don't think that I don't think the people who are taking it to lose five pounds should be taking it. Like, I think that's pretty dumb. Person. I think they're going to have some buyer's remorse for that too when they realize it wasn't the miracle they thought it was. But that's, you know, you know, you take it, you lose five pounds and maybe you gain back six. So you take it again, you lose six pounds, maybe you gain back eight. Like, I, I don't know, but that seems likely. If you couldn't figure out losing five pounds, how are you going to figure out keeping five pounds off? It, it, for me, it's the same thing. But those people are not dealing with one problem. That guy isn't waking up every day thinking I didn't sleep well because there's so much weight pushing down on my chest, right? Like that's not his concern. And I completely understand when you say I have, you have one problem and then you go, I have work, how's work, how's love life, how's this, that, that. All of those are viewed through the lens of this problem. This one problem. tiny aperture. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I get that. Like, this this thing that that you joked about and that all your friends said yes do it it is kind of the thing that goes like you can do this and have this without building the scaffolding now and so then i say what is the what is the hesitancy and i know you you want to white knuckle shit like i i know you kind of like that but like what how do you how are you rationalizing this I mean, I've been stubborn my whole life. You, you know, you get that. Like, and there is a pride is the wrong word, but there is a certain, I guess, self understanding because I know, you know, like I said, I, I did that. It was the pendulette thing. I don't know if you remember that a couple of years ago, but with the, that's what I did right before, the potato thing that I did right before COVID and like lost 93 pounds in three months. It was crazy. I did it with my brother. We both agreed to do it and we both, it was great, but if I start, you know, jabbing myself with this thing and I lose a bunch of weight, then what? You know, because jabbing myself with this thing doesn't change my life. It doesn't change my habits. It doesn't change my behavior. Do I stand up easier? Yeah. Do I go to sleep easier? Sure. Do I, can I go up running a little easier? Yes. So maybe it's the Kickstarter and maybe that's the reason to do it. But until I have that answer, the way that my brain works is like, I don't want to fuck with it until I decide that I'm ready. And, you know, I I hear you, but for me, and, and again, I can't assume whatever, whatever in your mind is the, is the thing you want to achieve. That's valid for you. Like, I can't say what you should want to achieve or, or the reasons behind it, but everything you just listed, if I try to strip away, because I had people wanting me to lose weight my whole life and that didn't work. That wasn't a good impetus for me to start losing weight ever once somebody pleading with me, we're worried about you. I'm it's devastating. I can't imagine this world without you and you're unhealthy. And, and, and for me, 
hearing that was like tore me apart. What and, I hear is this, by the way, you know, yeah, it's, it's, and, and it doesn't, it doesn't get me to do it. Right. It's just uncomfortable. Um, so when I go like, what, what is a reason that I want? And I go like, fuck, man, I don't like having knee pain or feet pain. And I got to be honest with you, Toasty, I uh, still have feet and knee pain. Like, like it's not, it doesn't, like we've, we've put some use on these guys. Put and some like, fucking miles on these tires, dog. And yeah, I mean, it doesn't also- just go away. I, you know, I look at people who are walking around all day and not acting like their feet hurt. And I'm like, how the fuck? That guy's as big as I am. What the fuck is happening here? And then I have to realize, oh, but he wasn't 500 pounds for 30 years. And I was, and that's the difference. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's that Louis C.K. joke. It's like, you know, you go to the doctor one day and you say, hey, doc, my knee hurts. He's like, yep. It's like, well, am I going to get better? Nope. Well, it's not going to get worse though. Yep. It's like, so part of me says, maybe I should start dealing with the fact that, you know, and then the other part is, I almost died 20 times before I was 25, man. Like I put some miles on my life. I did some crazy shit. You know, you know that too. And I kind of didn't expect, you know, it's like a car that you treat like shit. Cause you're like, I'm driving this thing off the fucking road. I'm going Thelma and Luis. And then one day it's like, Oh no, well, I just have a car now and I beat the shit out of it. And now I'm stuck with it. And my body is like that car. And so like when coming to terms with the fact that like, I might be around for a little longer, which everyone in my life wants, which is bless their hearts and all. But like, that's something to confront also because there, you know, you lose all that, the romance of it and the blah, blah, blah bullshit that we tell ourselves and like that weird mythology that we tell ourselves about. We're not teenage punk rockers anymore. We're not, dude, we're not. You know, I was in a mosh pit at a fucking Nine Inch Nails concert recently. I lost a shoe. And I was like, I do not belong here. I'm going to keep coming back, but I do not belong here. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. The last time, by the way, the kids are doing other stuff. They're doing karate now. And I like, I, I see it and I don't understand. I'm like, no, just kind of bump into each other, but stop trying to punch me. Yeah. Um, dude. I mean, yeah. All these kids are like six years old doing Krav Maga and shit now. And like, they're, I don't know, different world. Yeah. But yeah. So that's not us. And I completely understand. Like, I think when we were kids, it was kind of punk rock it was like we were the odd man out we're not even the odd man out anymore the rest of america joined us you know i mean they did you know i think they came a little late it's like me sitting here telling you i like the fujis before they were cool you know but you know we have uh we have a different perspective on it and that's you know something we talked about in the recently personally but uh it's interesting to watch the world kind of like come meet us in a bunch of ways because they all think they're punk rock now and we had punk rock with like friction. Like we did it when it was fucking transgressive and subversive. And now it's like, it's just euphoria, bro. It's just like, it's what they're trying to sell you. But we were fat before it was cool. Like when we were younger, the, America wasn't fat and now it is. And yeah. that's crazy. You know, you could like, not, when we were kids, there was no Target. Target did not sell triple XL shirts. They just didn't. You had to go to a special store that was like the big and tall guy store. Um, you don't know this, but the first time I didn't meet you, the first time that you're the first celebrity I ever saw when I was in Los Angeles. And it was because my mom came, I, I went to USC and my mom came to visit and I needed clothes. And we went to Rochester, big and tall. Yes. On Wilshire. And I fucking was walking around. I'm like, well, there he, 
but it's almost like seeing somebody in like the nudie section in the back of the VHS. Like yeah. it was rad. I'm like, dude, that's that fucking dude. He's rad. But like, we don't need to see each other. We can't, here. We can't yeah, say we can't hi. Make eye contact. No, no, yeah, no. Yeah. 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 No, that's very, that place. I remember that place. And, and, and it was very much like get in, get out. And I think that today has had an effect on me of like, that's just how I was raised. I was embarrassed to go into stores. And I, part of me, like, you know, my wife will go shopping for her. Shopping is just like walking around looking People at love shit. shopping, man. Yeah. I love it. I, and it's, it's a painful experience to me. I'm like, if I need a pair of pants, I have a, a, an idea of what they look like in my head. And I walk in, if I haven't already called or ordered them online now, and I walk in and I say, do you have this size? And if they say, no, I leave, I'm out of there. There's no it's more crazy. fucking. I mean, now yeah. there's all the online stuff too, but like, you know, back in that day, there was the store in LA that like we both had to go to because it was the one, right? But you talk to people, it's it's such a cliche. People like to go to Rodeo. People love, we're going to go shopping for the day. And it's kind of a girl thing, but dudes are all Metro now too. So um, when I was saying earlier, you know, like you wake up and you think about being fat. When you look at a chair, like walking into the clothing store, bro, you know, I, you you're on the far side of it, which I've been on the far side of it, where you go to the big guy store and you're pushing the big sizes at the big guy store. Yes. And then you're just like, where do I go? Like, do I go get a fucking burlap sack? Do I get a muumu? Like yeah. what? And it's funny, except for it's not funny because, because when, it's you happening. There, when you go to pull those pants on and they, you know, don't quite make it. It's the fucking hardest feeling in the world. And then the other side of it is like when, you know, when I was happy for a while, when I was like not all fucking depressed and like had my shit in order and had some structure in my life, I was on the other side where I, I was too small for Rochester. I remember, you know, it was, it's basically a radio, radio drive, like Beverly Hills for anyone out there. And I walked out of Rochester and walked around the corner of the little cost store and the Ralph Lauren store. And I fucking put on like normal XL clothes and it was the best day of my life. And then, you know, things change. So, yeah, no, I have so many, uh, Steven, I have, I have so many versions of suits in my closet where I have to like try it on now to go like, does this fit? What era is this from? And, and for some reason, because I still am not totally convinced I'm not going to gain weight again, I won't throw away the big ones. Well, I'm a hoarder too. So yeah, I got the pants. I got, I got the whole fucking, like one of those big Home Depot Tupperwares of different Levi's just yeah. in case. Just in case. Right. Just in case. And I have even smaller suits that when, yeah. when I got really actually thin, thin. The aspirational um, clothes will fuck you up. Yeah. Yeah. Which every now and again, I'm like, I'm going to try that on. It still don't fit. It's still yeah. too big for it. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's, that's, that's. That's all bringing back a lot of memories. Um, I remember trying to duck into that store, trying to avoid paparazzi one time. That that store is a is it's the spot. It's the only spot for guys like us. In, and then it Los closed, Angeles. and so it's like I guess it's it's closed. Yeah, it closed at, during you know pandemic. But back to uh, you know go online, I guess go yeah. on Amazon or something. But it's you know it's funny because I have those fond memories. And I remember walking around saying like one day I won't come here anymore. And, and so obviously I was 18 the first time when I saw you, cause I went to school and you know, going in there, I was like 28. I'm like, and there was the, the old, I don't know if you remember the old Jamaican dude who worked there. He was like the manager or something. I'm like, this guy is like one of the 
longest, you know, the oldest friends in LA because I've been coming in here for a decade. Yeah. And I better not be fucking coming in here in a decade, you know, but you can't make those decisions for yourself, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So look, it sounds like you don't want, it sounds like you want to change. Sure. Yeah. Why not? Let's do it. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And uh, yeah, I mean, like, I think that's the, I think that's the first step is the want to change. I think it's then you know, figuring out why and figuring out what exactly that means and, and building structure to fit that, but nobody's going to do it. It it, it is, it is a, a monumental amount of work. And I think as long as you, you're aware of it because you've done it, because you've started that path, you're aware of just how much work it is. But I think, I think the similarity with like what Mike does and, and the steps and all of that is really just getting through today. The today is a big one. And you know, like I can do it and, and we'll talk about that in maybe a second, but like the day to day is the hard part because it's, you know, I guess the analogy for people who have substance issues is I don't want to go, like, I don't enjoy eating. It's not fun for me. Like, you know, this, like, Eating has never been fucking fun for me. I don't go to a nice restaurant. I don't eat a fancy dinner. I don't even do that thing. Like, I don't do the fat guy thing. I just have terrible habits. I don't know. But like, if I could never eat again, I would be happy. Um, so I don't want to, but when you wake up in the morning, you say, Oh, I can't today. I can't go get a styrofoam box filled with fucking chow mein or today. I can't go to Tommy's and like get a sloppy ass bag of chili cheese burgers or whatever. 
I don't want it, but I'm afraid that in 20 years I might want it. And I don't want to like tell myself abstinence is way. And I know it's not, and you know, it's not. And it's like, there are backslides and there are cheat days and there, you know, there's all of that. But I think that that like, this is, this is my story for the rest of my life, which, you know, like the rest of your life, you are going to fight this thing for sure. And the rest of my life, when, if I choose to, I'm going to fight this thing. And there's going to be no day that you wake up and you're like, we did it. You know, and there's no fucking George Bush with the banner behind you on the fucking battleship. Right. And that's problematic. But I guess, you know, to take it back to analogy, it's like if you can give a little bit of your life to this thing, the reward is definitely there. Um, That reward, you know, the question that I've been asking myself for my entire life now is what am I afraid of? You know, like what is on the other side of this? that I'm afraid of? Is it that, you know, this doesn't solve all my problems? Because right now, again, when we go back to that, I have that one problem. Well, it's why I don't get work. It's why I don't, you know, have a a wife or whatever. It's why I don't blah, 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 blah. And what if I'm skinny and my life still sucks, right? But by the way, that's going to be the case. Oh, I know. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. Because Because you can can have – one problem that is the lens you perceive every other problem through. And I completely understand that. And it's not going to solve anything. It could solve your knees. It could really, or no, not, I I don't even want to say solve. It could greatly help your knees. It could greatly help your sleep. It could greatly help your, your feet. It could greatly help your time up Runyon. It can do all of that. But it can't do a whole lot more. Right. And uh, again, like if, you know, if I'm, when I sit down and I'm like really honest with myself, it's like, well, why am I afraid of dealing with all those other problems? Or why do I need this fucking excuse? Like be a, like, I'm a tough kid. I'm a big boy. I've had a crazy life. So like, why am I so afraid of rejection in this way? Why am I so afraid of dealing with this in this way? And, you know, it's kind of like, there's that line in Forrest Gump where he's, you know, he sends Apple a bunch of money. He's like, well, one less problem. And maybe on the other side of this, I have one less problem. And yeah. then I can face the other ones. But I do I do think to a certain extent that it's easier to face the one demon that I do know. It's like I've got this one fucking giant villain that lives in my life. And uh, I don't want to see what's on the other side of that wall. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I think that's very... I think that's a very honest perspective to take and, and, and big of you to even look at that. But like, is it enough? It's not enough. No, no, definitely not. Yeah. And, um, you know, I guess to loop it back to the Ozempic thing and kind of like, you know, it was timely topic, but kind of like where that came from was I did, I recently did have like a little switch flipped in my brain. And so this is a bit of, I mean, I'm going to jet through this as quick as I can, but I have this friend, met this girl, fell in love with her. It's crazy, blah, blah, blah. And you know what that's like when you're big. And it was like, you know, that's my problem. That's not her problem. So I'm going to keep that to myself and I'm going to protect her from that. And that worked for a little bit. And then it got untenable because I was pushing, you know, 
she started to get really freaked out. She's like, why are you pushing me away? Blah, blah, blah. Cause we're really good friends. You know, she loves me as a friend, as a person. And, uh, so one day I woke up and I'm like, fuck dude, this is a day I got to do that. Can't hardly wait, dude. I gotta, I gotta go and, you know, let her know because it wasn't fair anymore because it was, it felt like I was being dishonest with her. Right. So woke up and said, I was going to go do this. And long story long, like I walked over to her house and it was like, she kept like trying to, oh man, I've got work. She's like, you know, brilliant, big job. And I'm like, okay, cool. Well, I'm just going to hang out and like, I was like walked over to her house, like hanging out outside of her house for like an hour. Just like all these fucking demons in my brain are going off. And she's like, oh, let's just do it another day. Let's hang out another day. Like blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, let me come up. And so I go up and um, I had a, like a high eight video camera with me. And she was like really kind of skeptical. She's like very, very shy. She's very skeptical. She's like, what's, what's up with that? And so I have a friend, uh, you, Morty, you know, yeah, from Morty. He sent me this video by uh, Lightfield Lewis, who I don't know, but randomly he just sent me this video of like best moments of the '90s. You're in the video. I'm sure you've seen it, and uh, it was so rad. Like seeing this guy, you know, with all his friends in the '90s, and I was like, I'm gonna take this video camera, and my plan was, I'm gonna go and like make a little videotape of this girl and like ask her some questions, do an interview because I knew that I was about to change everything between us, right? Like. I was like, this is the last honest moment because she's not going to tell me to fuck off. She's not going to jump on me. It's going to be something in between, but I want this last little document. And so I recorded this video, shut off the camera and it was great. And it was so cute. And uh, then I tell her and that was great too. And we had a good conversation, but like I looked down and she's like, her hands are like shaking and, and we, we both stand up cause she's got to go. She had an appointment. I'm like, dude, it's, it's okay. Like, this is, this is a good thing. We're good. And her hands are shaking and she's like looking down and she's like, uh, I thought you were making a suicide tape. I thought that you were like recording, you know, videos of, of making a video diary and blah, blah, blah. And I said, uh, no, dude, no, of course not. No, this is, this is great. I, I love you. I'd never kill myself. I love you. And she's like looking down. Right. And, uh, she like, looks up and she's like, but you are killing yourself. And like, bro, that shit fucked me up. I, you know, I didn't cry when my mom died. I've had guns to my head. I've been punched in the face. Nothing, you know, I'm Mr. Stoic. Um, that shit fucking punched me in the guts. Like nothing I've ever felt in my life. And, uh, this was like, you know, this is all like two months ago. And that was when I was like, I can't hurt her anymore. I can't hurt someone this close to me ever the way that I am. And like, we know that this shit's all selfish, you know, like the one thing that's, you know, if you're, if you're in recovery, if you're doing that thing, if you're doing this thing, it's really all about being a narcissist. Like you're just an asshole who's very self-involved, but you take it out on yourself instead of the world. And so like, it was such, it like flipped a switch in my brain and I was like, I can't do this anymore. So that all happened like just before this like little Ozempic thing, but it was already, I'd already kind of made the decision, I guess. That's, that's, that's incredible. I mean, that's fucking sounds so painful, but I think she's probably right. She's completely right. 
And I mean, she's not the first person to say that to me, of course. Um, it was the first time it resonated that, I mean, that hard, you know, cause it was like, you know, again, I don't, I don't give a shit if I hurt myself. I'm hurting myself every day. But like when you hurt someone that you care that much about, you're like, this is not the way to live your life, you know? So, um, but also like creating that scaffolding and like being, you know, I was very, um, very, very careful, like to not make it about her because who knows what happens there or, you know, if we're friends forever or this or that or the other, but like, I never wanted to like put that on her back either and be like, Oh, I'm doing this for you. Like, it's not about that, but it is, it's not like I'm doing this for anybody else. And, you know, of course she does. I love you the way you are thing, but, uh, it's, it's about, I'm doing this because I don't want to hurt anyone. I'm I'm making the change because I don't want to hurt anyone. But then what's the next step? Well, what happens when you get depressed? Like, are you going to eat your feelings? What happens when you decide, fuck the world? Are you going to say, fuck the world and then go and like, you know, hurt yourself because of it. And in our case, you know, this is self-harm, the, you know, the eating and stuff. Yeah. I think that you're a very compassionate guy. And I think that that's a, a decent, um, ideal because if you consider that the harm you're doing is actually harmful to another harming yourself, you know what I mean? Like, uh, that's not the way I looked at it, but I fully could and go like, I care about all these people. I'm unwilling to harm them. And if the harm I'm doing to myself is harming them, maybe that's the way you frame it. You're a compassionate guy. And I think if you consider that this self-harm is actually harming them, you know what I mean? Like, cause, the, cause I, I, I know as an addict, there was so, so much time I spent going like, this only affects me. Nobody else should care what I'm doing to myself. And that's a very narrow point of view to take because we, we require other people and they also require us. And if we can't be actual service members to them, if we can't be of service to others, what is our point? I know you love helping people. It's uh, yeah, man. I mean, I'm sure you were close with AM back in the day, but um, I remember I was hanging out with him. Some, we were talking about something and we could talk about being big and he was like, yeah, you know, I, rem- I remember I was going to score a crack one night and I was like on the way and, and on the way I said, but who's going to make coffee at the meeting tomorrow? Like if I do this, who's going to make coffee at the meeting tomorrow? And so like, it's not like you have to save someone else's life. It's not like you have to carry the weight of the world on your shoulders, which I do. And you probably have experience with that where it's like, I'll do anything for anybody except for, for myself kind of thing. Um, but if you can say, I can't do this or like, you know, if I do fall in love with someone, this person, different person, um, am I going to be there to raise the kids? Am I going to, can I go play with them at the fucking park? Can I take them to magic mountain and not, you know, end up on TikTok as the fat guy at magic mountain kind of thing. So trying to like recontextualize it, at least in that way that I'm going to be here to be here for people in my life, because then you know, I, I don't know if you ever had this, but as a big person, I think that there's kind of a trend to be a people pleaser, been a people pleaser my whole life, been a like take care of other people my whole life. But then you, it's like, that's a fucking keg and you can fill that up and you can fill it up and you can fill it up. And then once you get to the top, you get that resentment and like the resentment comes and just kicks you like a meal and you're like, wait, 
fuck everybody, fuck them. I do everything for everybody else. And now, you know, how I'm going to say fuck them. I'm going to take it out of myself yeah. and I'm, I'm going to hurt myself so that I can't help other people anymore. That's, you know, again, well, choose look, for your own good. I think all of these things are, are, I think it's all shit that has to be worked on, but almost in a compartmentalized way. Like it's not all just one thing. It is, it can be all one thing, but it's also like, I'm going to work on this, but I'm also going to work on this other stuff actively. Do do you know what I mean? Like, of course. Yeah. So that when that, when fucking the world drop kicks you, then you have other things to do. Because working on food is kind of separate. And I think the wonderful thing about Ozempic or Wegovy or any of the new fucking crazy things they have is that it can kind of calm the waters so that you can look at those things. Right. Do, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, like yeah, of course. When, when I was getting sober, methadone was a big thing. And now it's Suboxone. I don't even know if people do methadone anymore or take or use methadone. But when I was I, – and I always had this um, opinion like fucking they're just junkies on methadone, right? And they're fucking nodding off, but they're not high. It looks awful. Fuck this drug. And then I realized, no, there's a lot to figure out with coming off drugs. It's not just like white knuckling every day. That can be part of it. But what if I'm taking methadone just to get me away from my dealer and now I'm getting okay. some space and now I'm away from my dealer and now I can think about other things because I'm able to not walk over, you know, the three blocks to where I'm scoring every day. And, and I do think there is something about these drugs that are that is valid, especially for people like you and me, where it's like, fuck it, man, why not try it, you know? That's all. That's and all I'm saying. Like you've tried, you tried the fucking. Potato I tried nothing. Diet. I'm all out of fucking ideas, bro. You tried yeah. the potato diet. Why yeah. not try this one? Well, where- and like you know, it's like methadone, and and I I consider like methadone suboxone all the time. And you know, maybe it does mean I can go up running up more or at all. You know, I can walk around the block easier because it is a place where like you know, if if you can get that jump start and if you can get that perpetual motion machine rolling, um who knows what happens. But right now it's just like, there's so much fucking inertia, right? Like there's so uh, back to everything that you do when you're big. It's like, if you can take a little bit of that physical weight off your shoulders, um, I think it does open doors. I think it probably does make things easier. And in my case, if I did, which who knows, I still might. Um, I would just have to do with like, with an exit strategy in mind already. And with kind of like a, a plan in order because, you know, it's kind of like if you get sober, if, if you're a junkie or if you're an alcoholic or if you're whatever, there's, I don't do this thing anymore, but there's also the other side of it, which is I've got eight hours a day free. You know, I being fucking wasted is a full-time job. Being fat is a full-time job. And so like when you take that out of your life, it doesn't matter how good your life is or how much better off you are without it. You now have a lot of idle hand, a lot, a lot of idle time on your hands. And for like guys like us, I think that can be very scary, you know, oh, yeah. because then you're left alone with your thoughts. And that's the one thing I don't want to be left alone with, but no. knowing what you're going to do with all that newfound time, knowing I've got to, I've got X blocks of my day. I need to start filling instead of eating, instead of scoring, instead of being wasted, instead of being depressed, instead of being whatever. Um, 
that's another side of it. And again, back to like, we're standing in that Home Depot parking lot looking at Egypt and deciding which way we're going to get there. It's like, well, why don't we fucking start walking? And by we, I mean me, you know, and that's the other thing is it ultimately it doesn't matter that I have, you know, people in my life like Mike who are just like begging me to change or like this other person you know, who's just wants me to be happy and healthy. And, and that's amazing. But like, it doesn't matter. All the people in the world, dude, they can sit you down. They can lock you in a room until you decide it's, it's nobody's decision, but your own. It really, I mean, that's, that, that is the truth. I I think of, um, you know, of every intervention I had and there, there, there were some certainly that are where I'd agree to go to rehab or I'd agree to do a diet and, and, and I would start it, but it, there was never a real commitment. There was never a real determination, uh, like, uh, a feeling of, or if there was, it was temporary. It would go away so quickly. You know what I mean? Like it, it would fade. Um, I do at the end of the day, think that, that I'm, I, I, I think there's nothing I can say. I think you, you have lived through a very similar life that I lived through. And I know there's nothing I can say to change your mind about any of this. The only thing I think that I can say is Ozempic is okay. It doesn't mean you're bullshitting a program. It doesn't, it doesn't mean you're not tough or stoic. It like any, any baggage you have in your head about how it would actually diminish any achievement you made is bullshit. That's all I would yeah. say to you. And if, if I had had, if Ozempic had existed, when I needed to lose a lot of weight, I would have done it in a heartbeat for sure. I did the fucking diet called HGC, um, HCG, not, not, not HGH. It's something else, but it's a fucking hormone. And, and I lost weight and I ate nothing and it didn't really help. It didn't seem to help. I think it was mostly placebo, but like, I'm not opposed to any of that shit when when and, you know like i'm not necessarily because i and that's the other thing it's like i have a lot of judgment about me and about my life but i don't judge anyone else and like all these people who rolled in you know to tell me to do it i was like you know mazel tov like go for it and and i'm happy it works for everyone else um i think also part of it is like the resentment that back to that like sunken cost fallacy that like gambler's fallacy thing where it's like what happens the day that you wake up skinny and you're like, fuck, why didn't I do this 20 years ago? What the fuck? I wasted 20 years of my life. I'm fucking mad. And what happens when, you know, we have another, we have a mutual friend who's big. I remember I saw him at this, you know, fancy party one day and he was, he had just lost a bunch of weight. And he's like, I'm going to tell you something that nobody in this fucking room will ever tell you. They treat you differently when you're small. He's like, everyone to your face will tell you they love you. They care about you. They love you the way they are. They treat you differently when you're small and you're going to see it and you're going to be a different person. And he was, you know, he was trying to give me a pep talk. But the way I heard that was like, yeah, fuck these people. Like that resentment back to like, oh, you didn't like me then? Well, how do you like me now? Kind of thing. And again, what good is that? Like, what good is it to kill myself slowly because I'm mad at the way that people treat me, which is how I treat myself. You know, that's crazy. It's, it's just silly. Yeah. No, no. It's a bizarre thing to dig your heels in and make them right. Right. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to fuck gonna you. you I'm going right. to prove you right. I'll yeah. show you by doing everything you say I'm going to do.
I'm going to be the um, person that you fucking think I am. And then yeah. some, which is back yeah. to being punk rock, but that's cool if you're 16. Like crust punks aren't cool. <laughs> right. We have to worry about our knees. When we, we were 16, we didn't have to worry about our knees ever no. once. It didn't matter. No. Um, no, I, I, I think that that's true. Um, I, you know, I've never been thin and single, so I, I don't know. And the only attention I really ever cared about and, and felt like I was lacking was from girls. And so I, I don't know if, if, if those people treat me differently now. I, and this, this was a guy and he, you know, besides the girl attention, which is what it is, but you know, with, in this, in my case, evidently this girl loves me the way that I am. We'll see. Right. You know, not in love with me, but loves me. But, uh, it's, it's other people. It's, you know, there's that kind of trend right now. And people like to, there's this weird Calvinism that people do, I think about weight, which is, you got the body that God gave you because that's the body you deserve as though, you know, they earned having Brad Pitt abs. Like they woke up one day and earned having a good metabolism when they were fucking 16 and looking like they're in Abercrombie and Fitch catalog. And like, you know, neither of us are ever going to be in that Abercrombie catalog. Um, mostly also because we're not fucking 16 anymore, dude. Right. And that sucks. And I just kind of wish, you know, I had a fucked up childhood. So maybe I just wish I was 16 again, but, um, dudes do the same thing. Like you got for a job and people, even if they don't say it to your face are judging you. Oh, he's big. He must be lazy. Oh, he's big. He's not going to look the part. Like, you know, I'm, if I'm taking pictures of someone, there's some BTS, there's someone like making a video of it. Like you need to look the part on the other side of the camera. If you're Terry Richardson or if you're Randall Slavin, you know, like you need to look good on both sides of the camera. And that's, I know it's true for women and I'm not going to get into that whole thing, but like, People pretend it like it doesn't matter for guys, and it does. It does in such a big way in this town. So, that's, it, no, I you know? th I think that that is true. I I do think that there is a misconception that I I think probably women on as a whole as a group are scrutinized more than of men. Course. But in people like our our situation, for sure, it matters. It's not, you know, again, maybe we're forgiven. Maybe men are forgiven ten twenty pounds. And women aren't forgiven 10, 20 pounds, but we're not forgiven what you and I are. That's not, that's unforgivable. And that, that comes with into a, a lot of people are walking around with, you know, an almost religious aversion to it. And I, you know, I don't necessarily blame them. Cause it's like, when you see, you know, everyone is so trained to be so kind and gentle now, especially with society where it is right now. But like, you know, I've, I've friends who have these kids who are like two, three years old and four years old, I guess. And I have this great friend and she's, you know, very, very liberal and very progressive and everything. And I go over and I meet her kid and her kid's like four and jumps. Why are you so fat? Why are you so big? And the look on her face, you would think that like the kid just dropped like the N word because she, the kid it's, you know, the childlike innocence knows that this is still wrong, wrong, different, but like, outside of the norm. And it's so crazy that like something I've always said is like everyone in my life, like I never had like fat bullying because I was fucking cool and popular and blah, blah, blah. And hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I looked around at all the people in my life and I said, they are killing me with kindness. They are looking at me and telling me that it's cool, that I'm the, great the way I am. And they are slowly killing me with this kindness because they're not being honest with me. And who cares again, because I wasn't being honest with myself. Yeah. But what, what does honesty look like? Because they do love you. Sure. They do love you. They just are, they just have, you know, it's like anything, man. Like I, when I was a kid, I loved my dad. My dad smoked cigarettes. I wanted him to stop smoking. I loved him. Even, you know what I mean? The two things can be true. And then, you know, I suck on nicotine and my kids think that that's not good for me and they want me to not do that. And then I don't do that and I'm grumpy and they say, we like you more with nicotine. So it's like they, they love me, but they have concerns. Um, I think that they do love you, Stephen. I just think that there's there's this idea that's part of it is for sure based in reality that that being as big as you are as big as I was is less healthy than being no smaller than we we are and so you know it's it's like if you were smoking and somebody said god I I really think that's not good for you that doesn't mean they don't love you of course yeah you and know? and that's good to hear um and I guess maybe I just didn't ever get the tough love that I needed, even for myself. I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm probably pretty tough on myself, but from other people, like uh, back to that resentment, it's like, why don't you fucking people tell me the truth? And like back to that, like the little Ozempic thing, like that was people telling me the truth, you know, yeah. maybe for the first time in a long time. Okay. But again, I think if you were like, let's put it through the lens of smoking, smoking cigarettes kills a shitload of people, lung cancer. You kills look so a lot cool of doing it. You, and, and for me, if I look at somebody and they're smoking cigarettes, I am envious of them because they don't fucking care. And there's something about not caring that I right. love. Like if, if, if you didn't care, if you were just like, motherfucker, I like to eat. I like being big. I'm comfortable with myself. I'm happy. 
If you want to tell me that you're worried about me, I understand because I've read the fucking medical literature, but like, I don't care, but you do. Right. And again, that punk rock bullshit, but like, like if you've never driven in the car with me, but like, I drive like I'm fucking crazy. I drive like I don't care. I live like I don't care. Like back in the party days, I partied like I did not care. And like, I've had several guns held to my head. I've had a fucking wildlife. And that's all cool and sexy, but like, you know, straining me to get out of a chair because you're big isn't fucking cool and sexy. You know, right. like it's like I didn't care. I didn't care. I didn't care. I don't care. I don't care. But I do care about yeah. this. So what the fuck, man? It, yeah. Which is what I say to myself. If if I saw a smoker and I thought that guy is really living his life and I'm envious and God he's probably got it great. I love what he's doing. And then I had a conversation with him and he was like, I'm every one of these. I'm like, why am I doing this? I hate myself. It's miserable. My existence. I wake up. It's the only thing I see every problem through this lens of me smoking. I would be like, motherfucker, quit smoking. What the fuck are you doing? Right. But again, it's not necessarily that easy. And I think that that, I actually think smoking is quite a bit easier to quit than real than hardcore drugs or and food has so many other aspects to it that makes it super complicated but i think like cut your friends of some slack they love you you asked a question they answered honestly they still love you they love you very much they are all aware that you care right and you know uh, maybe i think it's just maybe it's just that time like the things are building up like this one thing happened with, you know, this girl and made me reevaluate the way that my decisions affect the people that I care about. And then the other side is like letting that love in, which, you know, psychology talk or whatever, but it's, you know, it's real because again, this is my fucking not welcome sign on my front yard. Like this is my do not trespass, you know, sign that sits on my front yard, but maybe it's time to open the door and let some fucking people in who care and let them help me and then, you know, help myself. I think that, I think that that is a, a way to change. I really do. That's a path. It's, it's, it's the first fucking step, man, at the very least. And, and there's, and there's some aspect about it where like with the girl, like really visualize what you want with her and long-term and what that means and what that looks like and what that looks like if you change or if you don't change. And, and, and you know what I mean? Like there are aspects of my life, which I am only holding together because I want to spend more time with my wife. And that's the only reason that's it. Absolutely. And And that's a good fucking reason, by the way, it's a great reason, but like, there's for sure some worry, you know, if, if God forbid anything happened, do I then give it all up? I don't, I hope not. I really hope not. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and, and now we're back to the scaffolding or the infrastructure that, you know, but that there's the other part of it where it's like, you know, like being fat is the least interesting thing about me, in my opinion. You know, like I got a lot of shit going on and maybe if I could take this one thing off the fucking table, then we could really see a lot more. And when I those moments when I cannot think about this, when I lose myself, like when I'm taking pictures, you know, at a party, when I'm doing something, when I'm involved, when I'm making art, when I'm with people that I really care about, you know, this thing is always there, but like 
those moments of like excellence or those moments when I'm like, I feel like I'm at my best, I totally forget about it. And it would be nice to also prolong that to like, you know, find that feeling and like, you know, put that in a little fucking jug so I can sip on it. Yeah. Um, when I'm at home, you know, laying in bed at 4am trying to get to sleep or when I'm, you know, alone with my thoughts. And so uh, again, these are like the psychological, you know, I guess side effects to the physical, but it takes, it takes all of it, I guess. It takes all of it, but I do think there is something to compartmentalizing things, tackling one thing at a time and not, not with the idea that that one thing is going to solve everything. Being aware there's a lot more to deal with that I'm not going to do. You know, that's one of the great things about 12 steps is like, no, I'm just on step one. There's a lot more to do and I'm not thinking about any of it. You know what I mean? If you try to do step nine before you've done step one, it's not going to work well. You know, shit's going to fall apart. And so like, don't tackle Everest, you know, get, just get some hiking boots on. Yeah. Yeah, Start with Runyon or find the right shoes and start walking on flat ground. Like whatever it is, there can be. And, and if something like Ozempic helps settle the waters, that's totally fine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm kind of like, I'm doing a different thing and that I'll tell you about it later, but okay, whatever. Kind of like, you know, I, it's, it, it's not sustainable. Like I'm doing a little bit of restricting right now and I'm just trying to like feel for it. But, um, having the switch flip in my head, you know, like it, it was recently two months ago, um, really changed my perspective on stuff. And so, um, it is kind of like, I think it is an important time. That's amazing. Yeah. Steven, thank you so much. Dude, been so real. Thank you for having me. And now for the Q&A. Today's question comes from Joe. Hi, Joe. Joe says, thank you so much for the content you've been putting out. You've been a key player in my weight loss journey. Thank you, Joe. He says, in my early 30s, 6'6", and down from 315 to 245 since last November. Nice. I've been listening to an episode of your podcast every day while I do cardio, and I have finally caught up to current episodes. Now I find myself at a loss to find content as great as yours while I wait for the next episode to come out. Do you have any suggestions of other podcasts, maybe hosted by past guests or things that keep you motivated during cardio? Yeah, I like um, the Mind Pump guys have great podcasts. Um, Dr. Um, uh, Nadolsky has a podcast, I believe with his brother. Um, I think it's called the doctors who lift. I'm not mm-hmm. totally sure, but you can, I've listened to a few episodes of that and you can find it if you go to Dr. Nadolsky's Instagram page and then like his link tree will have it. Um, those are those are the two like health and fitness podcasts that I that I listen to. Um, Mike Matthews uh, from Legion has a podcast uh, that I like a lot that I believe I was a guest on years ago. Um, those are the kind of health and fitness things I listen to. Yeah, that's awesome. And also, you know, if you if you listen to an episode and you like a guest on it, you can also like look on the podcast and see where else that guest was. Right. And I, I don't know, sometimes for me, that leads me to other like things in the same genre too, you know? 
Yeah, often, yeah, often a lot of these people have been on other shows and, you know, if they're promoting a book, you can find them in other places. Lane Norton, you can find so much great, many great instances of him on podcasts talking about really technical stuff um, that I feel he does a very good job of explaining in layman terms. Yeah. Awesome. Love it. Thank you, Joe, for your question. If anyone else has a question for Mr. Suplee, please send it here to AmericanGlutton.net. Thanks for listening to this episode of American Glutton. I'm Ethan Suplee. You can follow us on Instagram at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely. <laughs>